From Capybara Media, this is You're Gonna Be Great, the self-care podcast that supports you through life's ups and downs with mental health and wellness tips from experts. Here's your host, Emmy Evans. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about the pandemic, COVID-19, because holy shit, it is a crazy time. And I know that I'm anxious and I'm stressed and I know many of you are too. And we all are kind of searching, I think, for a better way to cope with this kind of new reality. And so I really wanted to talk with someone who I trust and have experience with. And so full disclosure, today we're going to be chatting with my therapist, Katie Lieberman. Uh, Welcome, Katie. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and what you do? Thanks, Misty. That was such a sweet intro. (laughs) Uh, I am super excited to be here and to talk about how to take care of ourselves during this unprecedented time. I've been a therapist for about 15 years, seeing a range of clients from high trauma intensive clients to those with anxiety, depression, families, couples, you know, a wide range of folks. And all of us in these categories are are struggling right now. So I really think having the opportunity to connect and uh, get real about what's going on in life right now is, is so important to all of us. Oh, I totally agree. It is crazy out there right now, and people have so much anxiety and are so worried. Absolutely. It is, it is like I said, unprecedented. And I think you know one of the most important things we can do at a time like this is kind of name what's going on. You know, yes, there's a pandemic. There's a name for that. But really what's going on with us emotionally. You know, a great uh, thinker in, in the field of behavioral health, Daniel Siegel, says that you've got to name it to tame it. He does a lot of work with kids. And I think that's such a wise um, first step for all of us to kind of name what's going on. And the best name that I can really come up with for where we are collectively is in a place of grief, but a more complicated grief. You know, grief, on the one hand, for like the life we used to have, right? Grief for what is no longer normal and okay, whatever that was, you know, lunches with colleagues out, you know, going out of the house on a regular oh, yeah. basis, you know, grieving sort of what used to be is I think one um, component of the grief. And, and I'm definitely hearing a lot of that from folks, but there's this other kind of grief that seems to be emerging that I think we all need to collectively start talking about. And that's something that's being called, you know, out in the field right now, anticipatory grief. Mm, um, okay. Yeah, just, yeah, a grief about what will be, sort of a future-centered grief, you know, kind of almost grieving in advance of not just people who might get sick and the worry around what will happen and how will we feel when that um, takes place, But beyond that, you know, grief about, you know, will I still have this career? Will I have my job? Will my neighbor lose his coffee shop? Will, you know, my aunt be able to cover her mortgage next month? Mm -hmm. So kind of this grieving in advance of a future reality is something that a lot of us in mental health are seeing right now. And, um, and it's something I think we need to name so that we can begin to work through it. 
So number two is setting a schedule. Uh, allowing yourself the opportunity to uh, wake up at a certain time, mm-hmm. make sure that you're um, following your day at a, at a pace that keeps you moving and going, um, snack breaks, you know, um, stretch breaks, but a schedule. And, and obviously some of us are still out in the field working. A lot of us though are at home and, and trying to navigate a new way uh, to work and a new way to, you know, be in our space and, and setting a schedule is pretty crucial to doing that. Number three is to stay connected. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a very unique opportunity here to um, actually, believe it or not, reach out to those that maybe we haven't um, reached out to in, in some time and to really think through who can be our tribe at a time when we really need um, those people that most deeply understand us and can support us right now. Um, we, we won't have the face-to-face option probably for some time, so we really need to deepen our, our virtual connections and be really thoughtful about who those people are. And if you're in a place where you, you don't have that, you don't have your people, believe it or not, this is actually a really great time to find a community. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, we are, I'm noticing and a lot of us are noticing that groups are popping up um, virtually and on Facebook um, for all kinds of, um, you know, restaurant workers are, are forming support groups. We've got people who are in healthcare asking questions and needing support from one another, forming Facebook groups, online groups. So if you haven't already developed your community, Believe it or not, now you'll probably be able to find it really easily, and and it's important to do so. That's a great idea. Or create your own. I mean, if you don't see exactly what you need, like create your own. Invite some people. Get it going. Absolutely. I mean, I you know a a young man that I know who's awesome. He's great. He formed a you know Dungeons and Dragons sort of like connection group (laughs) on. You know, I think on Facebook last week, I was like, good for you. Way to, you know, way to make that happen for yourself and and make sure that you have your people. I texted you last week or the week before that I was reading that book on friendship. Right. I actually blogged about it last night because it really goes into our biology and how important those connections are not just for our mental health, but also our physical health. I mean, they've done so many studies, you know, not to freak anybody out, but they've done, you know, so many studies on how it affects our mind and body to be isolated. And, um, and I mean, it's been a really interesting book and mm-hmm. it's like perfect advice and it just totally matches up with all the stuff that I've been reading um, and writing about as well. And I will definitely uh, put the list of resources in like below this podcast. So people have access to that as well when I publish this. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I think that, you know, connection is something that um, has become a hot topic in the, you know, sort of pop psychology world for a while with people like, you know, Brene Brown and, uh, Liz Gilbert, and Lamont, you know, Glennon Doyle writing, you know, writing really powerful um, books and, and memoirs about lack of connection, and the power of, of connection. 
and it, the science around interdependence and how much we need each other for basic survival, um, I think is really challenging some of that kind of old language that used to exist about, you know, codependence equals bad, you know, dependence on people means you're somehow not strong or capable. And, you know, I think that was a narrative that was really prevalent in particularly the 80s and 90s. And it's nice to see um, that there is so much, you know, available as far as resources and just, you know, good, solid um, science that, that is suggesting, no, in fact, there is such a thing as a healthy dependence and a necessity for community that, that we all need now more than ever. Yes, I. Um, so the book, the the Lydia Dunworth book, I loved how she she talked about this. Essentially, scientists before, like in the fifties, actually until like you know very recently, they only studied male specimens. And <laughs> right. I'm not right. to say anything yeah. about men at all. That's not what I'm saying. But they only studied male specimens, and only very recently, as women have started, you know, getting more into science and, you know, and climbing that career ladder in the sciences, have they started studying the females of the species and the science is changing. They're like, no, friendship is just as important to all mammals as, as, you know, as anything else for survival. It's as ingrained in us as humans as our eye color or like our hair color. Like it is so crucial to survival. Uh, but I thought that was hilarious when I was, Oh my gosh, I was absolutely. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> absolutely. That was the, that was the case for just about, I mean, you know, all science, social sciences included only studied men. And I love the fact that, that um, everything we know about human behavior is being turned upside down now that they're actually also studying the other 50% of <laughs> the population. Isn't that you know, shocking? It is. It is shocking. It is shocking. You know, we're seeing that everywhere, you know, books around, you know, addiction, depression, anxiety. Now that they're studying women, it's like everyone's like, oh, let's scratch that last 200 years of what we thought and and rewrite the um, the materials, and it's actually creating much better, I think, therapies uh, for everybody now that now that that uh, paradigm has shifted. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I I wouldn't even have may have thought about that, like how much it would have changed what you do. Oh yeah, completely, completely. You know, well, there used to be you know terminology around you know. Um, you know, anxiety was referred to as just like, you know, neurotic hysterics or, you know, really judging um, punitive language was used oh. to describe really very just human universal conditions around, you know, anxiety or panic. Um, yeah. So, yeah, 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 it's really fascinating, really fascinating. I'll send some resources your way so you can share with your listeners. Oh, yeah, um, I would love that. And I mean, true story. Um, my great grandmother was actually institutionalized for hysteria. Mm -hmm. So right, yeah. right. <laughs> Turns out she's probably was just you know struggling from some, with some very normal human anxiety, and yeah, that was that was how um, many women were treated. And actually, combat uh, male veterans as well were were similarly um, institutionalized for you know their weak 
comp you know, weak constitutions, you know, coming back from war with, you know, PTSD and other. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And other elements. So we've come, we've come a long way, a ways to go yet is, is, is really important, but we really have come a long way. That's, um, I'm glad that you mentioned PTSD though. What, do you have any advice for people who are also coping with this, who already have existing trauma? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're seeing, you know, you look at the data coming out of um, Italy and we're seeing, um, well, not necessarily people developing the disorder. Uh, well, I, although I do think that that's going to continue. We know that um, so many people are experiencing post-traumatic stress around um, caring for others in their community, healthcare workers, and others. And I expect to see that continue here. And also in um, populations that, that can't be of use on the front lines, but have a family member or friend that is um, struggling, either who's sick or who is isolated. So I expect we're going to see a big uptick in post-traumatic stress. And the way in which we need to be addressing that, of course, is um, obviously through access to behavioral health that needs to happen um, through this um, difficult time. We, we have to make sure that we're holding insurance companies and others accountable for ensuring that people continue to have their basic access, not just to the medical care they need, but to the behavioral health care that they need. And we need to make sure that people have access to therapists and others, whether it's via Zoom or phone or through some of the safe and warm lines that are still running. You know, the phone lines are still staffed and running as far as I can see nationwide. So we need to make sure that people know that those uh, resources are available to them and that we need to be connecting with one another for concerned about a family, friend, or neighbor, that there's a network of communication that can be available to, you know, whether that's, um, you know, just dropping off a card to let them know that they're not alone or creating some um, online or virtual support network. I think we've got to be really creative uh, with looking out for our neighbors and, and friends and, and really for ourselves at a time like this to, um, to offset the climb of post-traumatic stress. Um, number four is to go outside. I think, you know, some people, even those that are in shelter in place, you can still get out to exercise. There's no mandate anywhere in the country right now that people can't move out of their space to, to stretch, to exercise, to get fresh air. And we, we all really need to do that regardless mm -hmm. of the weather and regardless of our location. It's, um, it's essential for mental health. So that's number four. And then number five is we've got to breathe. Um, a lot of people are reporting that they're feeling tired and kind of out of breath right now. Yeah. Yeah, my friends are writing that in our, our text chats. Yesterday, one of my friends was like, I was convinced I had Corona because I have this tightness of chest, but I'm realizing it's panic. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just in our bodies right now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there are so many um, great apps right now that, um, that are available for free 
Um, even ones that, that have, you know, options with, that they used to charge for to do 10 days or two weeks of mindfulness or meditation or breath work. Um, virtually all of them are offering um, free trials. And so, you know, I would recommend some here now, but what I've noticed is that the sound of people's voices are so it's so specific who you gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important to get on and find the right uh, guide for this based on the voice that, that kind of resonates most with you. There's, you know, different apps where there's a, you know, a man speaking, a woman, an older oh. woman, an older man. Yep. This was my husband. I have been using Headspace. I think you recommended it a while ago. Yeah. And my favorites. Yes. And he, I tried to get him to use it and he would not use it because he, he hates the man's voice. And now uh -huh. they have a woman's voice, but they didn't for a long time. And he yes. was like, no, I can't stand listening to him. It stresses me out. And I was like, what are you talking about? But you're so right. It matters so much to, it, to people. It does matter. It does matter. And, you know, a lot of people, they'll you know, hear a voice. Oh, no, that reminds me too much of my third grade teacher. Or, oh, yeah. you know, I love this voice because it sounds like, you know, my old basketball coach. And so it's so specific and so personal that I think just taking a moment to, you know, download the apps or go on YouTube and, and listen in. But we have got to breathe. I think the exhaustion that so many people are feeling right now um, is related to lack of breath. So, so that's why that number five is, is so crucial. We usually can't get to five until we've done um, <laughs> at least some of one through four. So I recommend, you know, really starting with, you know, decreasing your sources of stress and anxiety, like news, et cetera, before mm -hmm. you get towards the breath work, or else it may not be super successful. Mm -hmm. But trying to get to that place uh, is really important. Yeah, I think that that's great advice. I mean, all five of those are great. And, and actually, all five of those were things that I wanted to ask you about specifically anyway from conversations I've had with my friends. So you have just magically answered everything. Thank you, Katie. You are so welcome. Thanks so much for, for having me, Misty, and for the opportunity to, to talk about mental health at a time when we all need it so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of You're Gonna Be Great. If you've got a minute, please share with your friends and family and leave a review. If you've got questions or comments or you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can find our contact info below. Thank you and stay safe out there.